Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number 32. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Welcome to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and today I'm thrilled to have guest Alex Jeffries from Marketing With You with us. Welcome, Alex. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Kim. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. Thank, and thank you again. I, I know I already said it once, but gratitude is a great thing. So, Alex, I found you, well, not really found you. I discovered you online. I guess discovered is the same word, but hey, it's positive productivity and not perfection. A few months back, we were in a, a few of the same programs together, and I became really inspired seeing some of the videos that you had online telling your story about how you got your business started. For those who aren't familiar with you, would you mind sharing a little bit about your story and what you do today in your business? Absolutely. So, you know, it really depends who the audience listening to this is, you know, would be there's several stories I could tell that would, you know, hopefully inspire the, the listener to you know, get the, the most out of this, you know, 25, 30 minutes we have together. So, so here's my, here's the, the stories pretty much, you know, you know, left school with no qualifications. I remember being 12 years old saying to myself that I'll be a millionaire before 30. You know, as I was growing up then from like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, you know, left school with no qualifications you know, dead end road pretty much was, you know, the, was the outcome for me. Lived in, in a pretty bad area. One of the biggest council states in Europe. It was actually the biggest council state in Europe at the time. And, you know, so, you know, not a lot of prospect for me, you know, pretty much going to work on the building site for the next 10 years of my life. But the whole time I was an entrepreneur. I just didn't know where I was going to put my skills or I didn't know where I was going to adapt. But I just knew that I was, I was destined for something, even though nobody else believed in me. I think my mom was the only person who believed in me. But, you know, we always say, well, your mom always thinks that of your child, right? So everybody, everybody didn't believe in me. I was saying out loud to people, I'm going to be a millionaire before 30. And here I am making 300 bucks, a, a, you know, a week uh, working on a building site. Come across eBay at 24 years old, started to, I built a I found a niche on eBay, which was my passion at the time, which was motorbikes. Started importing motorbikes from China. I built this eBay business and then uh, made my first six figures uh, back then. And then I, then I started to really study about marketing because I realized marketing was the leverage point of any business. So I, I started to study internet marketing, which really led me into this whole, you know, this, this community of internet marketers. And I ended up going to a seminar in Alabama. And one of the, the main thing that I took away from that seminar was the, the, the trainer said, you know, if you can make money, you can make money. But if you can teach people how to make money, you can make 10 times the money. And I thought, well, wait a second, you know, I'm, I'm making this money on eBay. Maybe I could actually start teaching my, my systems and processes to others. So I set out and wrote my first book called Easy Profit Auctions. We launched that at the end of 2006. And within the first year, we made a hundred, just shy of a hundred thousand dollars of sales of that book which I found amazing. And now I'd adapted, I'd gone from, you know, this, this making money on eBay to now making money on a website selling my books. So there's a whole other 
whole other experience I had to go through through that year. So I wrote another book explaining the journey of that year, and it was called Post Launch Profits. And you know, it was telling everything that I did to you know come up with the idea, picking a niche, creating the product, packaging the product, you know, writing the sales material, generating the traffic, and then following up with the customers. And I basically wrote that book. You know, I had about ten thousand people download it the first week. Started blogging to those people, and then I and I realized that you know there was this you know a buzz around me. So I ended up launching my first coaching program then in two thousand eight. And 650 people joined that coaching program in the first week with 500 bucks, a, uh, you know, a ticket. So, you know, we made a third of a million dollars in, in the week. And I actually then, you know, pretty much lived like a rock star for the rest of the, the, you know, for the year because I'd never come into money like that. So, you know, upgraded my life very quickly, blew through that money, did the same thing again the next year, you know, made, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars in a very short period of time, you know, filled all my clients, you know, created more success stories. Than, than any other program that was out there. So, you know, I, I hold my head up high that I've created more success stories in internet marketing than anybody else that we know of. You know, so many millionaires have come out of that program, so many people who made six figures, you know, five figures, people who just quit their jobs. You know, it's been a you know, phenomenal success out of that program. And then, you know, pretty much just grew and grew and grew. And every year, just like become more and more passionate about coaching entrepreneurs and small business owners. And pretty much that's the story there. So I, I, I hit my first million. I did hit my first million before the age of 30 is, I guess, the point there. And, you know, with, with a lot of hard work and, and determination and belief, you know, I believe it's possible for anybody, especially if I did it, Kim. That is so huge. And one of the, I'm going to back up a little bit. One of the mm-hmm. stories, and I, I took off my headphones when I was watching the video and I made my husband rewatch it with me. And the story I remember was that you and your wife were, were struggling. You, you had one child, maybe two. I think one was in the hospital or one had just been born and you didn't have money to, to pay for parking. Yep. And just the big leap that you took. And I think it was actually to get to that conference in Alabama. Yep. And yep. it blew my mind because mm-hmm. I know a lot of us have those moments where we don't know how we're going to cut it. You know, how we're going to pay for the electric bill before it gets shut off. But we know that something needs to be done in order for the next big step to come. So what was that point that, or do you remember what that moment was that made you really realize that you needed to take that step? Yeah, I, so what happened was, you know, first, first of all, when my, when my, Eldest son, I'm 35 now, just to give reference of time, you know, where all this is going on. So I've been, I've been doing this for about 10 years. So that story is, that story is about nine years old now. And, you know, my son, when we found out my son was being born, I realized that I was now living in my mum's house with my, you know, my, my future wife, my wife to be. I've got a child on the way and I'm making 300 bucks a week. And I knew it wasn't going to cut it. You know, I was in a bad area. A lot of people were, you know, going to prison around me or getting into trouble around me. I didn't want to be a part of that. I was willing. I had a burning desire in my belly that I was willing to do the work to get ahead in life. And, you know, I, I remember just, you know, reading books and, you know, I'm dyslexic, so it's very difficult for me to read, but I was willing to put in the time. I was willing to put in the effort. I was willing to go that, that route. And like I said, you know, when I hear that, that story about, you know, you know, if you can make money, you can make money, but if you can teach people how to make money, uh, you can make 10 times the money. That was really the transition point for me to moving into selling information, which then later led to, you know, coaching people. But before that, 
the, you know, the eBay business, you know, I was, I was working on a building site and I would come home every night. And because a friend of mine introduced me to eBay, the very first day I typed in eBay.com, I didn't know what it was. It was this big auction house. Didn't know what it was. The very first time I went onto eBay and looked at it, I saw there was a gold mine. I just knew that eBay, you know, you could buy and sell stuff on eBay. And I knew from that point. So I just studied everything I could about eBay, like how to put auctions together, how to maximize your auctions, you know, where to, where to source products from, where to actually, you know, like how to sell them, how to deliver them, how to fulfill on them. I mean, pretty much I just, I immersed myself, Kim is, is the answer. Right. And, and I can, I've seen that even reflected out of some of your videos that I've seen in the past couple months. I'm really excited for you. I've, I've, seen you move into San Diego, right? Yep. And I have to tell you, I absolutely loved one video where you gave a tour. You showed where your office was. And as a mompreneur, I love the fact that there were toys. I mean, you don't hide the fact that you are a person, right? Yep. And you've got family and, and you're working. So is your, your office is in your home, correct? So I have, I actually have three offices right now, just so I can bounce around. So I have a home office, then I have a condo where my business partner lives, like work from sometimes. And then I've actually just moved into another office away from both of them. So I've got my focus time and productivity time. So I'm on my own. So I'm actually in an office outside of my house right now. And the simple reason is, you know, we got guests, you know, we just to give reference, we moved to San Diego recently, several months ago. And, you know, my, I've got two children. So my one child doesn't go to school. So, you know, my wife is a stay at home mom. So I, a year ago, I actually pretty, a year ago this month, we got rid of a company in its height. We were making, you know, several hundred thousand dollars a month. And we actually made a decision to get rid of the company and start over fresh and move to San Diego. So I'm now a startup company. And, you know, I've got my, you know, I've got my children, you know, coming into my home office all the time. My wife coming into my home office. I actually have family and friends staying with us right now. You know, they're all hanging out by the pool or the back garden. I just needed somewhere to go and focus and be productive because I am driven. You know, I, I really want to to grow the business. So I work from home sometimes. I work from my my partner's condo sometimes, and when I want quiet, peace and quiet, I work from here. That's huge, and I can't even imagine selling a business like that that's doing so well and and starting again. But I'm sure it's very exciting. So, what are some of the productivity tools or methods that you've learned about as you were growing your past business that you're using in your business now that are really helping you on this journey upwards and onwards with this business? A great question. And, and, you know, if, if anything for me, productivity is, is the key. So, you know, the number one thing that I always do is I start with the end in, in mind. So, you know, you have a year goal and then I break that down to a 90 day goal. And then, you know, and that goal can have, you know, different projects underneath it and each project has different tasks but what, what tends to happen is people get overwhelmed and they get busy and people become busy fools and they go forward and they just like add things to their plate. What I've realized is if you reverse engineer, so we've got a 90 day plan and then I'll look at that 90 day plan and say, okay, this is what I would like to achieve in the 90 days. Now, what am I going to do in the first month? And I write out another sheet of paper, what I'm going to actually work on in the first month. And I can put the year plan away. I can put the 90 day plan away. And I just have a month plan. Then I look at that month plan and that sits on my desk and I say, okay, what am I going to do in the first week? to actually, you know, attack this plan. And then I look at, you know, what I'm going to do in the week. And I got my week to do list. And if you think about it, this week to do list has come from a month to do list has come from a 90 day to do list has come from a, from a year, you know, my year goals. 
So then I got my week to do list. Then I say, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? So then what I do every single day is I do, I plan tomorrow today, every day. So, you know, at the end of today, I will look at my week to do list and I will now plan out tomorrow. So it's all, all prepared and I'll work through tomorrow's to do list. And at the end of the day, I'll plan tomorrow today and I'll keep doing that all the way to the end of the week. And then on the Friday, what I then do is I do a reflect and project. So I look back at the past week. I say, okay, this is what I said I was going to set out to achieve. What did I do? How did I accomplish it? And, you know, this you know, may have to like move things around slightly. But then I look at, you know, next week and I say, okay, here's my month to do list. Do I need to bring anything from last week forward because I didn't accomplish it? And do I need to bring anything from that month plan to do next week? So then basically that's how I operate. Okay, so I, I plan tomorrow today, every day, every week I reflect and project. And at the end of the month, I'll then look at that 90 day plan and you know, see if it's still, you know, still viable because sometimes you know, things change. Right. So that's pretty much how I operate. I reverse engineer from the year to the 90 to the month to the week. And then every day I plan tomorrow today and I get through my to do list that way. I try not to be distra- distracted by things. Hence why I've moved to this office. I try to not procrastinate. I try to. You know, staying productive is the best way to keep the squirrels away. So, you know, a lot of people follow shiny objects because they're not really focused and busy. I like to keep myself so tight and busy that I have no time to be distracted and I have no time to procrastinate. Okay, because I've got such a tight schedule. But then I like a lot of freedom. So I do that, Kim, because, you know, I like to have a lot of time off. I, you know, don't work weekends, try not to work the evenings and, and so forth. And I like, you know, I like doing other activities. Now, a tool that I like to use is something called Workflowy. W-O-R-K-F-L-O-W-Y, I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, workflowy.com. So that that's what I use to manage everything that I do right now. So, that's, so my to-do list right now is in there. I would have never remembered that we had this interview if it wasn't in my Workflowy, you know, because I don't use a calendar. I, I basically run all of my to-do lists out of Workflowy. Just said, you know, I've got a podcast with Kim. I was like, oh, okay, and then I connected with you on Facebook. So great tool. Then with regards to Teams, we use Asana to manage the team. So if I'm delegating any projects to anybody, we do that inside of Asana. And they're really the two, the two tools that I, that I use for productivity right now. Then I'm old fashioned. So I use pen and paper. So on my desk right now, I have lots of pen, you know, lots of paper and, and notes that I just like scribble my notes and then I can just write them up later. That's it. Oh, absolutely. That's so great. And yeah, I'm, the, I'm a pen and paper person as well, as well as an Asana person, but I, I keep on hearing about it workflowing and I haven't tried it out yet. I think I just got the the last nudge I needed to get in there. So what does your team look like, Alex? So right now we've got a small team. Like I said, we're a startup again, we're we're scaling. You know, last year my, my biggest month was four hundred thousand dollars was the just over four hundred thousand dollars was the best month we had. And we were seeing that we were having a, a lot of scale issues. It was very difficult to maintain that level. So my average month was about two hundred and fifty thousand a month. And it was very difficult to maintain the 400,000, let alone, you know, get to a million a month. And, you know, my, I'm a very driven person. I would like to, you know, hit that million dollar month and then be consistently generating a million dollars a month. And, you know, that, that's something that's, that's driving me is, is targets like that. So we realized that we weren't going to do it the way we were set up previously. So we made the decision. We actually heard the story called burn the boats about uh, Cortez. 
And, you know, there's a story about, you know, you know, maybe you know, people can Google it and read up about it. I won't, I won't take the time up now. But yeah, I'll Google we, it and put it in the show notes. Yeah. And as soon as we understood, you know, as soon as we hear the story of burn the boats, which basically, you know, the, the short and skinny of it is, you know, there, there was three options. There was, you know, because they went to Mexico to take over the gold. There was three options, you know, fight for your life, die or retreat. And, you know, Cortez realized the people were scared and they may retreat. So he actually said, burn the boats. Now there was only two options, you know, fight for your life or die. Well, now there was only two options. People fought for their life and they, they actually took over the, the, the Mexican gold. So we hear this story and, it, you know, it's maybe a 15 minute story that the way it was explained to me. You know, I looked at my business partner and we literally shook hands right there and then. And this was actually a year ago, three days. So 368 days ago right now, we literally shook hands and we said, okay, let's burn the boats because we realized that if we wanted to get to the next level, we had to get rid of what we have now. You with me? So we made a very uh, brash decision to get rid of the team. There was about 25 staff that I had at that point, 25, 30 staff moved to San Diego then and started up. And we've just been, you know, started business this year. So it's me. It now looks like this, me and my business partner. We have a technical person who basically does all of our funnels, graphics funnels. We haven't even got a client support person at the moment, which will be the next person we hire. And we just hired a video crew to basically like follow me one day a week to create content so I can post content online. And I think we have another technical person. And I think that's it. I don't. Oh my, and then, you know, Katie, my wife, you know, she just helps with the books, you know, does make sure all the, the payments and everything match up. And she just does all the, the, the books for my, my accountant and my CPA. And that is it. Yeah. So okay. we're a very small lean company right now. Wow. So what is, and I apologize if this is personal, but how deep did burning the boats actually go? I mean, when you're making profits like that, just letting them, or I, I, I guess I can't really say profits. That's what you were bringing in every month. So we can't even say that that was profit every month, but burning the boats could mean going as far as to spending whatever money you had. So you had no choice, but to really start everything from scratch. So really how deep did you burn the boats? Let's, let's, let's let's put it this way. I, I watched some video. We had a a video crew following us, you know, as we were closing everything down and I was watching back over the footage over the weekend, just received a lot of the footage. And and there was one of the videos that I was in, I, I speak about, that I had 10 days before I moved to America and I hadn't sold anything in the office. I had this you know, office with all of the furniture I hadn't sold. I hadn't sold any of my stuff in my house. I hadn't sold my cars. I had two cars to sell. I hadn't booked any plane tickets. I hadn't, I didn't have a house to move into in America. I didn't have any schools for the children in America. I had to set up a new company in the same same time period. I mean, you know, I, I literally went out on a limb. So when you say burn the boat, I pretty much, you know, we got rid of the company and our, you know, we had a great life in the UK, but I just had, me and my wife both wanted to move to San Diego. So it was like, okay, we'll just start fresh. You know, we're moving, me, my wife and two kids, and we'll figure out a house and everything when we get there. And we just, you know, figure out schools and everything. Let's just, let's go. And it was literally a fresh start. So we got rid of everything. So, I mean, you know, when you say how deep. No, guess that, 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 that's go good. On. No, I just mean like you, you, for people who are starting over though, they might not necessarily have any 
any money to come with, but mm-hmm. you at least had some money to come with, which is a great thing. So I, I do want to, I want to be respectful of your time. What type of mindset practices do you use in your life? Do you use any to help yourself stay motivated from one day to the next? I mean, I know you have your plan and that's great, but do you have any tips or tools as far as staying positive and keeping a positive mindset that you can share? Yeah, absolutely. So I never used to have a gratitude list, but I wrote one recently, I'd say a few months ago, I wrote one out and it's maybe about, it's just in my phone and there's maybe about 30, 40 lines of things I give gratitude for. And I read that from time to time and that really keeps me focused and positive. However, I, my self-talk, I didn't notice this, but I had a guy, Mike Marin, come and live with me for a while. He, I actually had him as a copywriter um, back last year. He, he actually stayed in the UK with me for six months. He actually now moved to San Diego with us as well, and he does a bit of stuff with us. But he basically was around me a lot, and he said, Alex, you know something I've noticed here is your self-talk is incredible. The way I speak to myself or when I record videos to myself or I make notes to myself, I'm very – positive to myself. You know, I tell myself I love myself, you know, at the end of any any audio message I may do. I tell myself, you know, I'm I'm the man, like I can do this. Don't you know, whatever happens, you know, you're gonna get through this. Like so I, I didn't notice it, but he noticed this. I found that interesting. So my tell my self talk to myself is one of a great one because I respect myself and I and I love myself. And I I've never noticed I did that until he told me. Then I, you know, I journal a lot to myself. So like I'll journal pretty much every day, you know, more than likely every day I journal to myself about what's going on and, and the experiences I'm going through and, and, uh, you know, and whether, you know, I, I like to say this, I made it through adversity, not university. It's a quote that I come up with at some point that, you know, I, I, I'm, even if you're going through a hard time, uh, it's those hard times that, that shape us, right? So it isn't all, you know, it isn't all, pretty and gravy because the reality is any time that I've had big success has always come after my biggest failure. So even when we moved to San Diego, it wasn't like, Hey, we start up again. You know, we moved to a new market and there was definitely a lot of learning that we had to go through. And that was painful because we didn't anticipate so much delay. Like you said, you know, lucky I did come to America with money because, you know, there was a period of time that we, we were really not doing business, but trying to figure things out. But then, like I said, you know, our biggest failures, you know, our biggest successes come after it. So that's always nice to know when you're going through failure to keep pushing, because that's when, you know, that's when the, the goal happens. You know, when you go that extra mile where most people don't, they give up. You know, I read somebody today, you know, somebody give up. I, I literally read it today. The person gave up before even getting going. I'm like, well, how can you even be successful if you're not willing to go through that hardship? Like, I don't know one story. Can you tell me one story where somebody's become successful without going through some hardship first? I don't think there is one, unless they're a rare case. No, not at all. Then I watch motivational videos on YouTube a lot. So, you know, I'll just put like a motivational video. I'll go to YouTube, I'll put a motivational video, and I'll just let it play in the background and just let that play. And I've, I've done that for a number of years. So that's just something else that keeps me positive. So really, you know, I've got that 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 gratitude list, which is... I haven't been doing that for long. I don't read it every day. I try to. Another thing that I do is, like I said, you know, I've got my plan. So that really keeps me focused because I've got goals and targets to go after. I listen to the motivational videos, my self-talk, you know, I journal. Other things I do is I train every morning. So I go to the gym with a personal trainer every morning because, you know, I'm boxing twice a week and 
you know, the pain of that, you know, when, when I go to the rest of the, the day, there's nothing could be more painful than, than that session in the morning. Do you understand? Like whatever else I'm going to go through the rest of the day is nowhere near how tough that session is. And I have another trainer then three days a week. Uh, so that really keeps me, you know, positive because my energy is great. I guess, you know, I, I guess there, there are, there are enough things right there. Alex, what have you done with all of your journals? And is this something that you're, if you keep them, are you, are you planning on passing them on to your kids? I, so I, I used to journal with a pen and paper and, you know, I used to think that was so important, but now I journal, I now journal online. So I have um, a folder inside a Dropbox and I just have, you know, uh, the month and I have the, the, the date and then I have, you know, the highlights, you know, so I can just quickly skim through it all. And then inside of there, I just make my notes. So I journal now digitally. Um, what am I doing with my journal? Well, you know, the journal is being kept because I'm able to now reflect back at certain points and able to, you know, put that in, in my next book that I write. It also, when I read back at my journal entries, it keeps me, there's another thing, you know, it's the positive is to go back and see where I was in certain places and pain and difficulties and then read how far I've come. That is positive because to see how, you know, how far we've advanced. And also it's great for content because I normally, you know, because you forget, you know, because you move forward, you, you know, now things are great. You kind of forget the, you know, three, four months ago that you were in a bad place and that that bad place is now forgotten. And sometimes your brain wants you to forget it. Right. However, now it's written down. It's like, oh, wow, this is what, how people are feeling. So I'm able to create content from that and actually tap into the market and let people know that because there's a saying in, in marketing, you know, if you can explain your prospects pain better than they can themselves, they automatically believe that you have the solution. So if you can actually explain that and articulate that pain, then that then leads to more people wanting to do business with you because all business is done on emotion backed up with logic, not the other way around. So you have to tap into people's emotion and, and get them to realize the pain they're going through and how bad it's going to be moving forward if you if they don't work with you, so long as you do have the solution to help them. So so that's that's really what I use my journal for. Am I going to pass them to my children? No, I don't think my children are really going to be interested in these journals. You know, Maybe they will, but I, I don't know. There's other things I'm going to pass to my children. I love the fact that you say that you really – you don't work weekends or, or evenings. And I, I know there's probably times that there are exceptions, but what has been most key in keeping your relationship with your wife strong? I remember we were having one discussion on Facebook one night and you're like, I got to go date night. And I just thought that was awesome. So I know entrepreneurs sometimes struggle with keeping their relationships as strong as they were before they were an entrepreneur. So what if, what are your tips is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. So you know, first things first. Yeah. I don't work weekends apart from this weekend. I'm actually putting on an event here for clients in San Diego. So I will be working this weekend because I'll be on stage all weekend. But you know, that's just something that I don't do is I don't work weekends. That's, that's my family time. I do work evenings a lot of the times, but you know, it depends, you know, where we are with the business. You know, I'm really trying to get those hours in to, 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 to build the business. And then, you know, like last, you know, for instance, last year, I didn't have to work one evening because it was all set up and, and, and systematized. But now we're a startup again. I'm, I'm definitely willing to work evenings. But there has to be the, those times where you spend, you know, you plan time in with the spouse. So this evening, my wife's going, we, like I say, we've got family and friends in town. So she's going to the cinema. Those I'm going to spend the evening with my children. 
I make sure to watch you know, a movie and play on some computer games with them. But I guess it's, you know, it is really just making sure that they know like what I'm working for. So if I'm not at home, they know why. And, you know, keeping them in the loop and then also making sure that when I am, you know, I've, I schedule in time with my family to make sure the business doesn't get in the way then. So I will not have my wife speak about business, you know, or, or I will not speak about business when we're, when we're in our free time. It just isn't. So it's, we talk about anything else apart from the business and then, you know, just make sure to do fun things. I'm always, like I said, you know, when I was living in Cardiff, it was a bit like, meh, it's not, not a lot to do. Now we live in San Diego. There's just so much to do. So, you know, we were at the beach on the weekend. We went to a beautiful hotel yesterday and spent time with friends and children and played, you know, played games. So, yeah, there's always something to do. So just make sure I have fun. Alex, you just inspired me because I can't imagine when I'm not working, somehow discussing working always comes up with my husband. But I, I just, yeah. you just inspired me to really make an effort not to talk about it. It's, you know, be, before it, it got to the point where even when I was taking a bath, my wife would come into the bathroom and actually bring something up in the business because, you know, I'd, I'd be at the office when I come home because she, like I said, she's a part of the business. She would then say, oh, and this, and, and it got to the point where it was all the conversation was just about business. And it must have been 2010, 2011. It was 2011. I said, listen, we do not speak about business outside of business. You can email me. Just email me. I'll get back to you tomorrow or something. And I was very, I was very strict about that. So, you know, even, you know, even I would wake up in the mornings, you know, sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and it's happened here in San Diego. You know, I'd wake up in the morning and my wife would say something about business. I'd look and say, look, it's just don't. And, you know, she gets a point then. So it's, I think it's so important not to because, you know, I can I can speak and talk and think about business twenty four seven, no question of a doubt. I love it. I love what I do. But then, like you said, there's that. You know, why are we doing this? Well, I want a great life with my wife. I want a great life with my kids, and we don't need to be speaking about business twenty four seven. So, yeah, it's it's basically all by email now. That's so huge. I hope you realize how much or how inspiring that was to me, and and I'm sure to a lot of the audience because. I'm sure I'm not the only one who struggles with that. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and if you do need to speak with your spouse about business, like schedule a time in. Oh, my husband. Yeah. 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 I was just about to say my, my spouse, I mean, he's just my emotional support. He, he really isn't part of the business. It's just me sharing, you know, constantly. It's not just a once, you know, how was your day, dear? It's every time I get an idea and he's right here, you know, sharing, but there has to be a point where we're not always talking about business. Or for that sake, always talking about kids, which is another thing that we can always be talking about. Like we need to be talking about us. So, yep. yeah. So one last question. Um, what does a weekday in the life of Alex look like right now? Oh, good question. So very different to how it used to look like. I, I would, I would. So when I, when I first got into business, I um, got into business for freedom. So I believed that I didn't need an alarm clock anymore and I could just live my life as freely as I wanted. And I lived like that for a number of years. I would go to sleep whenever I wanted to go to sleep. I would wake up whenever I wanted to wake up and I would do and, and, and as I pleased. And what I realized was when I was great, it could be a busy mess. So what I started to practice and now I'm, I find this amazing is that I have more freedom in structure 
than being free. And I only just learned this the last several months. So every day now, I'm in the gym. I go to the gym 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. Just alternate every other day. So you know, Monday, 8 a.m., Tuesday, 7 a.m., Wednesday, 8 a.m., Thursday, 7 a.m., Friday, 8 a.m. So every morning I'm in the gym. So it takes me – so I have to get up either 5.45 a.m. or 6.45 a.m., and then I have about a 30-minute drive to the gym. And uh, this closer gym is by I drive my dream car, so I'm happy to drive to the further gym. So I really enjoy driving the car every morning. I go to the gym, personal trainer, shower, sauna, and I'm in the office, whether it be 8 a.m. Or, or 9 a.m. in the morning. And then what I'm going to do then is I'm going to open up my workflow, and that's obviously got my days to-do list in there. And the first thing I want to look at is my numbers of the business. You know, how much do we spend on advertising? How much, you know, how many, how many applications did we generate for the coaching? How many sales were made yesterday? And, and how does the business look right now? Are we on track? Are we on target? And then I start to attack my, my to-do list. I start to go through my to-do list. And if I do not be distracted, if I, if I do not procrastinate, if I do not work on the small, meaningless tasks. If I just focus on my main tasks, I can I can have more achieved by noon on a Monday morning than most do having a whole week because I focused on something that's highly leverageable. And I could, and I feel great, I could go home if I wanted, but I don't. I then continue with the rest of my tasks, like looking after my clients, you know, working through other to-do lists, making sure my teams are okay, and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, it's, 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 you're always going to be fighting the, the oh, I'll just do this first. You know, you're always going to be fighting things. So I'll give you an example today. Today was we, we sat down. The main task for today was we sat down and we worked out the logistics for the event on the weekend, the content for the event on the weekend, the experience for the clients on the weekend, the video crew, what they have to do, and the case studies we want to pull out of the event for like videos to now do video ads on Facebook and stuff. I mean, that, that was all done by uh, 10.30 a.m. We had a call with our Facebook advertiser who's helping us with the Facebook advertising and who I didn't mention earlier as a team player. And that was 11 a.m. meeting. And, you know, we realized that we're, we're kicking ass, you know, this week's going to be an incredible week, maybe our, our most uh, profitable week uh, since we've been here. We've been here like eight months. So we're really, the business is really taking off now, uh, finally. And yeah, now I'm, I'm doing this interview now. And then, you know, today I've got a, I've got a, um, just tell you, you know, I'm going to have a meeting with uh, the, the video crew after now. I'm going to zero my email inbox with my clients and going to check out my um, my new funnel. And I'm going to promote my new funnel to my mailing list and I'm going home. It blows my mind that you had all that done, just the first part, by 10.30. Yeah, and we did it over steak and eggs for breakfast as well. Steak, eggs and coffee in a local cafe. And yeah, that was it. Wow. And I, I've written, written it up. And, and, that, and that there is that there was like a main project for the week. So this week, if I look at this week, I have, I, I've got my main to-do list in workflow. You know, it's those workshop tasks, which I've still got to do. You know, I've still got some more things to do this week, like create the worksheets for the event and, you know, go over the content, make sure the content's flowing, make sure that the schedule's there, email the clients that we want you know, information from them uh, before they arrive. So we're prepared so we can actually give them the best experience possible. I need to shoot four videos tomorrow for Facebook advertising. So I need to shoot four videos. I need to finish my email sequence for my new funnel. And I need to write a new squeeze page. Like if I can get those things done this week, incredible productive week. Workshop tasks, record four videos, get the emails finished. 
I've already wrote them, but just finish up these emails and write a new squeeze page. If I can do those things there, I don't care about the rest. I got other things, you know, all these other things to do this, you know, speak to people, podcasts like this, you know, get my oil changed in my car, you know, check this, check that, go to the bank, this, blah, 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 blah. Bugger all that. If I can get those few things done, my business is going to really push forward. So that's why I was focused on, you know, is, is, is those high level projects. What can I do? And just if I can get them done in the morning, then the rest of the day is, is to do as I please. If I want to continue working or not, I normally do continue working. I'm just to let you know, again, I'm really pushing this company forward. You know, we've got big goals, big dreams, big aspirations. Wow. Okay. Well, I have to share. I, I did just realize that I have a workflow account. I didn't know about it, but you have just completely blown me away. I hope you've blowing the audience away like you have me because I am working on my backwards 90 day plan tonight and for the rest of the week. So yes. thank you, Alex. Where, yes. where can listeners find you and find out more about what you're doing, find out maybe about this event that you're having this weekend so that they can be involved in the future? Yeah. So if you want to go to tellyfunnels.com, T E L E F U N N. ELS.com Telefunnels. So that is our new website. In fact, as I say this right now, that website is not up online, but it should be in the next day or two. I've actually got my tech guy building it. We actually, we're, we're launching our own podcast as well called Inside Marketing. That'll be insidemarketing.com. So that should be launched pretty soon as well. So, you know, there'll be lots of great free content over there. So telefunnels.com, there'll be a great presentation, a free presentation that, that I'm, that I'm giving. You can check out, get on the mailing list. There's lots of uh, follow-up uh, messages, lots of videos and stuff will be sent out there. Inside Marketing will be our podcast where we'll be giving lots of free information over there as well. So uh, hopefully that helps the, the listeners. And uh, I hope, like I said, I hope it's been a helpful um, interview. You know, I didn't know too much coming into this, you know, what, what, the, what the questions are going to be asked. But I like the fact you asked about productivity and time management and you know the, these are the things I've, i you know, there's a saying that it's not what you do it's how you do it and the answers that i've given to you today are how i do how i go about a lot of things you know i find i find freedom in structure you know i find um you know reverse engineering because everybody fills their plate with too much stuff but really there's only one like i said if i just did that workshop task today and I, and I didn't do anything else for the rest of the day. I've still had an incredible productive day and I finished by 10, 10 30 a.m. Then I obviously had a meeting and I, I ripped up the notes from the, the over steak and eggs. And now I've got this, this podcast with you. But even if I went home now, still an incredible productive day, but I'm not, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to email my clients and go into have a meeting with the video crew, make sure that everything's cool with those guys. Even if I went home then, I would, an incredibly productive day, but I'm still going to do some more. And then tomorrow, if I just get, go to the gym and I come home from the gym and I shoot four videos and it may take me an hour, incredible productive day. I take the rest of the day off and I've achieved more because those videos are going to drive the business forward. I don't need to sit here for 18 hours and do 100 different tasks and feel productive. What people do is they mistake activity with accomplishment and they feel guilty if they're not working. But when you realize that there's you know, tipping points and leverage points of a business and being busy for busy sake is not something that drives a business forward, but it's, it's the small things that have the biggest effect. Then you could, that, that's when you find freedom. That's when you can scale. And that's why I believe we're, we have no question we're going to hit a million dollars a month because we, we're very focused on 
you know, these small leverage points are going to really stack up on top of each other and have that, you know, that compounding effect. Um, I hope it's been helpful. I really do. And, and, uh, I'd love to hear feedback from people. If, if you've uh, enjoyed this, please, you know, reach out to me. Maybe Kim can put my Facebook, uh, details. Maybe send me a message on Facebook and let me know what you think. Oh, I definitely will. All the links, everything will be in the show notes. When your podcast gets or goes live, I'll be sure to have that linked up in the show notes as well. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Alex. I have no doubt that it's been helpful for more people than just me. So thank you times about 10,000. <laughs> thank you so much. My pleasure. And yeah, anything I can do, just let me know. Okay. I sure will. Have a wonderful day. Yes, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Kim. Bye-bye. Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback. Please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting thekimsutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.